Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Sunday Show Tunes podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. Sunday Show Tunes podcast brings you the very best from the West End and Broadway. Millennials is a truly 21st century musical telling extraordinary, ordinary human stories from across the world through soaring pop songs, driving rock beats and anthemic ballads. Millennials aims to push the boundaries of modern musical theatre with a score that sounds more like a Glastonbury set or an arena concert. Writer Elliot Clay is on the line now. Hi, Elliot. How are you? Hey, guys. That's quite a tongue twister, isn't it? Well done for getting through <laughs> that, Paul. Well, yeah, right. Do you know what? I'll let you into a secret. Usually I screw up things with big words, so I'm quite impressed I managed that. So. I think he, he practised in the mirror before. <laughs> I, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. <laughs> So tell me, Elliot, where did you get the idea to write Millennials? Where did I get the idea? So the idea came, the idea essentially came from being an out of work actor, actually, and sort of that, that, I think just that need that I've always had and, and want to to create my own my own work. Because I think as an actor, so often you're quite powerless and you're you are waiting for the phone to ring and to get that offer of a job. And I've been quite lucky. I've had some lovely jobs as an actor. But I was just going through a blank spell with sort of no work and I thought, you know what, I've I've already written some musicals before this, but I'd always wanted to sort of turn my hat to a writing a song cycle. Um, Cause there's lots of things that I love about song cycles. There's lots of things that sort of question marks that I have about song cycles. And I was literally walking down the stairs one day from my flat because the lift was broken again. Um, <laughs> and the, t- the title just came to me. And, and from that point, it's not often that sometimes I have the idea and then a title comes later, but this time, as soon as I had the, the title millennials, I thought, well, it's so specific, but also so broad that I thought, okay, what could possibly fit under this banner? So that's where it came from, really. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that the lift was broken because who knows what would have happened. <laughs> who knows? Well, the, the whole term millennials is a bit divisive. It can be sort of, um, it can annoy a lot of people, can't it? Those millennials. Um, and, and even <laughs> the, the, the artwork for your show is an avocado. Come on. Do you I know. Think I you... love that. <laughs> Yay. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> do, do, you, do you think they're getting a bad rap, the millennials? Uh, I, I do actually often, yeah, and I think that's um, I, I think that's partly the reason sort of my sword to die on a little bit. Um, I, I think we sort of wanted to, as you said in, in the tongue twister at the start, sort of they are human stories, and I think often the media uses that big dirty word millennials, and as you said, it's it's often in a derogatory sense. There's it's, it's very rarely that you'll see it linked to something positive and and also it's it's just a reactionary word isn't it and 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 ev- and I was doing another interview a while ago and and the the interviewer as soon as I said the musical um, the interviewer said oh I can just imagine what it's going to be about and I think that hopefully because everyone imagines what it will be like hopefully it will both meet expectations and and hopefully surprise in in ways because I think everyone whether you're a millennial or you're far from a millennial has this idea of what that word means and what those stories will be so uh, so hopefully it, it will shed a bit of human light i hope uh, yes absolutely and everybody has an opinion don't they well everyone has an opinion on everything nowadays well, so yeah, totally. that's, yeah, that's totally. what the internet is for <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you mentioned a bit earlier that you're really drawn to song cycles what is it that, that fascinates you about them so much well i i think I, I sort of feel that it's a bit of a rite of passage for young 
writers um when you, when you whether you think of songs for new world or or edges obviously songs for new world being jason robert brown and, and edges being Pasek and paul it just seems that at some point most composers ha- have done a song cycle and i've always wanted to try it because there's lots that i like about song cycles but there's also some question marks that i have over it as well and some things that i think oh I, maybe sometimes i leave a song cycle feeling sort of slightly dissatisfied with the 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 whole thing and i wanted to try and put my own spin on it basically and i thought as well i I wanted to release something as an album first and foremost because um it for no other reason really other than sort of like a bit of entrepreneurial spirit and and it makes the most sense financially rather than especially now you can't i couldn't even book a theater if i i wanted to to get to get people in so hopefully releasing it as an album um the the audience is effectively unlimited because releasing music now is is so easy anyone can do it for for better or for worse um so hopefully the the two songs that we've released already have proven that um that there is an audience for it because they've been around six continents and 70 countries and it, we've had an amazing response to it it's amazing isn't it how far you can push your music out i mean our radio show wouldn't be here without the internet we wouldn't totally. be well you we, the three of us would not be chatting if yeah. if, if the yeah. internet didn't exist i mean some people would say that was a good thing but i would argue <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about recording the show the, the two tracks you've done you've done those during lockdown uh, the second track we did, Twenty First Century Girl, was um, recorded and and released entirely during lockdown. So so none of us uh, were in the same room. So that's uh, me, the writer, Lisa Olivant, the the artist, and then Nikki and Joe Davison at Auburn Jam uh, Music Studio. Who um, oh, they're fabulous. We love oh, Auburn Jam. Yay. We okay, just we're... love them. They're brilliant. Oh, I don't need to give you the hard sell them because they're just no, amazing, you do not. No. Yeah, no. And I mean, I, I'm so bad with technology, actually. And the fact that they were able to to do that totally just, you know, across across the country was amazing. But the first track we did, um, which was See You, which was sung by the amazing Luke Bayer, which was released in December. We, we actually did that in, in the studio. And, and we're hoping now that the rest of the album, because obviously restrictions are, are slightly easing, aren't they, that we can, we yes. can do, do the rest mostly in person, but probably, you know, with a, with a little bit of zooming, I think. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zooming does, as much as a lot of us don't like Zooming, it does make things quite a lot easier in some ways, doesn't it? Because you don't always have to all be in the same room. Right. It's not that train journey. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it can help you be a, a bit more creative, a little more easily. So you've been working on the show for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you don't have any collaborators. How does that work for you? Is that, it, it, I mean, obviously no one, you can't argue about the lyrics with anyone because <laughs> you can't argue with yourself. But, but you'd, you'd be surprised. Need... You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but you must need outside um, input. Where do you get that from? Well, do you know what? Actually, one of the reasons that I wanted to try and do this was because it, it, it is the first thing I've done pretty much with without any Collab- collaborators on it you know there's no there's no book to it so that there's no one in that sense to 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 work with and i think i've learned a lot from it from about myself as a writer but also do you know what? i think i've learned that I, i'm really desperate to do something that is even more collaborative um next time in 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 the writing of it and i think once i've done this I'll, it'll probably be a while until i <laughs> have the strength to do something entirely by myself because it's it's you're, you're right it's great to have that other that other that other person and and recently i've had some you know producers and obviously nikki and and, and joe at Auburn jam 
they effectively become that other eye that you sort of your your ideas right. are, are filtered through. So when when it gets to when it gets to that stage, it's great because it takes such a weight off your shoulders. But it's just getting it to a point where you you feel comfortable to to show it off. So yeah, it has made me realise just how as if I didn't need to know already, just how important collaboration is in when you're mm. making yes, something new. Completely. So you've got all of the tracks written. Am I right in thinking that? Um, uh, depends. Uh, it, <laughs> that depends how optimistic. It depends how much I'm fooling myself on any day when I think, yeah, I'm nearly there. Do you know what? I'm, yeah, not, I'm, I'm nearly there. It's also one of those things like, like, it's like any sort of, I can't remember who said the quote, but sort of art is always just abandoned, isn't it? Like you, you could just keep going back and adding this and changing this. Or, oh, maybe the Mona Lisa just smile a little bit more, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comparing myself to that. But um, yeah, so I, I'm nearly there. I think I've got about two or three two tracks to fully write and then and then lots of lots of cleaning lots of cleaning up um but also the amazing thing is both with see you and 21st century girl there's so many things that were added or subtracted and that never even thought of that just comes from that that people being in the same room whether that's on zoom or actually in the in the room so i i, th- I think that even though i might at one point say okay like I'm, I'm handing it over and let's start recording it. They'll, they'll still develop as we, as we record. So that'll be great. Well, what, what can we expect for our next track? So um, the next track, shall I give you a little exclusive? Yes. yes. <laughs> we love uh, an exclusive. Yeah, there we go. Um, so the next track is called Remember the Feeling. Um, and we're, we're going to start recording that very soon. And hopefully it will be released in, well, you know, a few weeks time, depending on, on how things go. Um, so hopefully, again, just getting a very different vibe. And my whole point with doing the song cycle was I'm trying to make it as as modern as possible, but also as eclectic in style. So um, just so you hopefully every time the next track plays, you're, you're, you're pleasantly surprised about what, what you're, what you're getting. So yeah, remember the feeling um, and we will be released in a, in a few weeks. So that's, that's really exciting. And then the full album, hopefully um, aiming for um, winter time. Yeah. So we've got, we've got that to play on a forthcoming show. That's pretty cool. I have to say, I'm very excited. I don't know about you, Maureen, but this is probably because the, the, the opening blurb says that it's more like a Glastonbury set. This is the closest I am ever going to get to Glastonbury. <laughs> you know, so yeah. oh, you mean both. I don't, I don't do work with mud. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not enough musical theatre at Glastonbury to get to, to even want to wade through that mud. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will be the first. Maybe this will be the first musical on the page. Uh, yeah, it could be amazing. That would be amazing. Okay, that would be amazing. Okay, so cool. we're going to play a track from the cycle, um, 21st Century Girl. Tell us a little bit about this, Elliot. So 21st Century Girl is one of the first tracks in the show, and it's it starts with a lady who's walking down the streets and she gets wolf whistled and the, the what what unfolds next is this technical exploration of what she might like to and want to and love to and what she maybe does or does not say to not only to the person that cat calls but to to the world about um about the the struggle that she's facing at the moment fantastic i can't wait to listen to this well i've listened to it a few times but i can't wait to share this um i have to also say maureen i'm just going to put this out there can we have elliot back for every track he releases so he can just do a little introduction on the show that would be a great idea perfect 
I'm so bored. Please let me. Yeah. Done. I'll, introduce, I'll, done. I'll introduce other people's. I'll introduce other people's tracks. I'll just pretend Perfect. that I know about <laughs> just, just come on and guest host. Maureen, make that happen. Make I'll that make happen. Ellie, like, I mean, you're hired. Brilliant. <laughs> Wait, does that mean I've got the sack? Completely. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Showbiz. You know how it is. It's just kind right. of Well, I think, I think that's a good time to leave this. Thank you so much, Elliot. Take care. <laughs> to my story see it starts real sweet but the details quickly get a little gory now you can tell me that it's crazy that it all exists in my imagination but baby baby I'll decide upon the terms of my own discrimination Always had the better deal. I've 
a version of Bernard Lowe's Caroline has just opened at the Waterman Theatre in Calgary, starring Michael Gibson as King Arthur and Caroline Sheen as Guinevere. Michael won an Olivier Award for creating the role of King George II in the West End production of Hamilton, and Caroline has just finished playing Violet Newstead in the hit West End production of Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. This real-life couple are now working together in the rain <laughs> in Newbury, yeah. and they're on the line now and just dried out after a matinee. Literally, literally just dried out. <laughs> we put we put the heating on in the little cottage that we're staying in because it was that was cold and wet that afternoon performance. <laughs> okay, and I I just shamed Paul. I I'm in the states, so I just it's not cold here. So I just shamed Paul. I said, do not turn on your heating. So okay, so Caroline, you have given him the green light to turn on his heating. Oh, thank you so much. It's so cold here. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Somebody <laughs> ordered autumn this morning. I, think, I, I don't think. I think it's. I don't think it's that bad. I it's a it's cold just, spell. It's a cold fact, snap. Yeah, it's the fact that we've just been performing a show in 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 the pouring rain. In the pouring, in the pouring rain. rain. <laughs> so tell us a bit about about the show. This is obviously still in lockdown. The watermill have been very resourceful here. They, I mean, the watermill is probably the tiniest space in the world. So you probably wouldn't want to be inside at the watermill right now with social distancing. So they've taken the show outside. They've taken two shows outside, which is amazing. They, um, as soon as they were allowed, they have put on um, a production of Hound of the Baskervilles in their garden for a couple of weeks. And it sold out really quickly, as did Camelot when they announced them both at the same time. And what's happened is they've now moved Hand of the Baskervilles into their other garden and we're in the big garden. And whenever whenever we're not playing, Hand of the Baskervilles is is on. So they're they're being incredible. Oh wow. It's kind of like a mini really summer it's like a summer rep season for yes. the it's really resourceful of them to pull that together when yeah, they've given, been amazing. The, given given the circumstances, you know. And this has happened in pretty quick time, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it happened. Yeah. It happened about um, what was it about six weeks ago when for de- well for definite about four weeks we knew we would we would yeah yeah we were we were we Caroline approached Paul having worked at the watermill a couple of times to see if there was anything we or she could do. We've to... been doing lots of things like sort of Q and As on Zoom yeah. for like drama colleges and and, yeah. and workshops and things. And so they... I just sort of thought, can we help? And um. And then Paul got back with an offer of an actual job, which I thought was quite exciting. He said, if we can do Camelot, can we, um, Mike and I, can we do King Arthur and Guinevere? So that was quite nice. And this is the first time the two of you have performed in public together? Um, yeah, kind of. We, we did actually do a little, a little concert literally just before lockdown. Um, Caroline was doing a Q&A with, with, with Stephen Schwartz. At I the, interviewed him. It, oh. at, um, <laughs> the Jewish Centre in um, North London. Yeah. And um, I was meant to, I was just meant to be an audience member, but Mike Xavier couldn't do the, couldn't do the, the duet that you were going to sing from Chicanada, which was the show you workshop, Caroline workshops with him. And I said, well, I'll sing it. So I learnt it sort of on the day and, and we, we sang that. So technically, no, it's not the first time we've sang in public together, but this is the first time we've we've been cast opposite each other and are certainly playing opposite each other and having to act and sing and you know. We did we did the Lay Miz movie together as well, but that was you know, I'm barely there and, and you're um you're sacking Anne Hathaway and yeah. I'm in the background. <laughs> and that was really by coincidence. That was just, you know, I got I got cast as the as the factory foreman and Caroline was actually in Lay Miz in, in, in the West End at the time playing Fontaine and 
she rang me one day and said, I got it too. Guess which guess which scene I'm doing? And it it was happened to be that scene. So we worked together, which was really cool. Oh, that's you, fun. you probably made Anne Hathaway cry as well. I mean, that was a very snotty version of her song she sang when she <laughs> when she sacked yeah, her. Yeah, no, I was I was very I was a bit I was a bit horrible. Yeah. No, she was lovely. I love the movie of Les Mis because you just spend the whole time spotting people you've seen in the West End and on exactly. the fringe. Exactly. Going, look at the so-and-so and there's so-and-so. It's like kind of, Apparently it's like where's... drink every time you see someone. You... Exactly. It's a drinking game. That's what we do. <laughs> it's like where's Wally for theatri- theatrical types. That's what that is. So what's it like working with your other half? No, oh, I, was, I was a bit nervous about it really because, I, you know, we've been married for 13 years now and we've never properly worked opposite each other. So I was worried, you know, are we are we um, are we being a bit silly here? Because what we've got works, <laughs> and if we get into a, in a rehearsal room and it doesn't work, what's going to happen? Um, but we've actually been quite good, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I think been... I'm I'm a big fan of Mike's. I think he's pretty awesome as a performer. So it's quite nice to work with you, really. Yeah, yeah, and the same goes back the other way. I mean, it's it's been it's just been interesting to sort of. Just crack on because we, 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 it was weird. We both sort of showed up on day one, and we both just sort of got on with it. Really, there was no like, "Wow, this is weird." It was just like, "Oh yeah, well, this is what we do." The weirdest thing was we have to kiss in the show, and when we sort of rehearsed that, we kind of wanted everybody to look away. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, was it a different kiss than normally? <laughs> well, yeah, because it felt really awkward because it was normally we don't kiss for pretend, we we kiss for real. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was um yeah, it's been it's been lovely and it's been really nice and obviously, you know, the 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 watermill have been very accommodating by making sure that we we're looked after whilst we're whilst we're staying here and our daughters here and we've got enough room for our, for our grandparents to come and hang out and Oh nice. Time. So we we're, we're having a little bit of a kind of nice a showbiz holiday. We're very, we feel yeah, very I was going to say. We feel very, very fortunate that we're working in these in these very strange times. And, and secondly, fortunate that we're not just sat at home waiting for a job because, exactly. you know, we're actually in Newbury and doing something every day and seeing people and having conversations with people. We feel very fortunate that, you know, that this, and, and very aware that this is going to happen, this is going to end at the end of next week. And it's back to kind of what is going to go what on. Happens now, yeah. What happens now yeah. with our industry, which seems to just well, be it seems to me that it it is beginning to come together that there are you know as as people are forging out and doing you know companies are becoming so creative um you know like the watermill and and you know the Southwark theater yeah. and things like that I, so I, I do know. think I think it's, that, that, isn't it? it's just I think I think, I think you know in, in any situation people come together and try and get on with it but I think you know ultimately the government have to you know they've 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 offered to give some money, but you know it's it's a start, and and um, you know the it's they need it's to a start, yeah. yeah they it's... need to acknowledge how how important this the arts and culture sector is to to our to our part of the world, not just because it's important, but also because it, it brings in so much money. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's you know, that's what has shocked really me. Doing. Yeah, and as, so many as... people- when you compare it to sporting, it's just as financially, you know, important to the economy as sports. Yeah, of course it is. And it, and what, what I find really sad is that when I talk to people who, who, you know, who, who have nothing, like I was talking to, to a lady the other day when I was picking up a takeaway meal and she was saying, oh, how's it going for you? And I said, well, I'm an actor, so there's no work on. 
And she says, oh, have you been furloughed? And it's like, well, no, that's, and they, people have no idea. They don't understand. They yeah. don't understand that that's what's happening with our sector is that we're all freelancers. We're all self-employed and that we're right. all kind of, that's it. Sorry, guys. So you, there is, there is no furlough. There is yeah. no payout. There yeah. is nothing. It's a very real problem for a lot of people. A lot of people are facing, you know, they've run out of money. They're going to have to move out of their houses. And I think the government are, are you know, in, they have yeah. to step up to the mark. Of course they do. Of course they do. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. anyway, but that's enough of that. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about your Olivier Award for a minute. Um, yeah. Creating the role of King George in the West End production of Hamilton. What was it like playing King George? Um, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, to, to be to be a part of, of, of Hamilton when it came into London in the first cast was just you know, I'm. I feel very fortunate that I get to do musical theatre. I mean, I my my career sort of does takes other paths sometimes, and I'm I'm predominantly do TV and film these days. But Hamilton was something that I was like, I really want to be a part of this. And he didn't stop playing it for about eighteen months before he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it because I just because I loved it and wanted to see it. And then when it sort of the idea came into my head that oh, I could actually do this, and and I just assumed that they would get somebody famous to do it. Um, you know, somebody with a bit of a name. I thought it would be somebody off the TV or, and, um, and, and luckily they didn't. And I got the job and, um, and I had a brilliant year. I mean, and then of course, you know, lots of nice things happened. Little, little sprinkles on top of it happened. Like they, they gave me an award for my performance. And of course, I the show that. Went, little, the show just little sprinkles. The show did quite well and, and, and it's still doing great. I mean, I hope it comes back and I'm sure it will, but, um, but yeah, it was it was an amazing thing to be a part of, and just to be part of that buzz, and because every night, and I, and I, it sounds, you know, cliched, but every night was like an opening night because there were so many excited people in the audience. Oh I mean, my there, God. there are still people now, finally getting around to seeing Hamilton, and I think yeah. even with it, with it being released on Disney Plus, I think there's going to be a whole new generation uh-huh. of people going to go, wow, this is the thing I can actually go and see this, you know. So um, no, it was amazing, and 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 to get to sort of do my thing with King George in London and bring it to a British audience and see how they would respond to King George's. Cause I think in America, King George is a very different, Americans have a very different idea of, of who King George is and they learn about him from a different angle. Whereas, you know, he was the guy that, that, that lost America. Whereas in he's this, bad guy, well, he's the bad guy. Whereas in the exactly. UK where we, we know him as this actually a very good King who, who, went mad. who went mad and, you know, of course colonized the world, which was horrible, but you know, he, He's responsible for a lot of the building of the of the modern buildings in London and and right. the, you know the infrastructure that's there and and I think you know the the political comments that King George makes, especially in the second and third songs in Hamilton, I think not landed different, not went down in a better way, but they just landed in a slightly different way with a British audience hearing those lyrics. You know what comes next, right? And um, you know and 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 King George realizing that that George Washington is going to step down and hand over his presidency to somebody else. And that's what that democratic system is, is set up for. And King George going, Hmm, well, how does that work? You know, whereas, cause that's what happens. It doesn't yeah. happen in our country. You know, we have, a, right. a, it's a God given right. So no, it was a, it was a fascinating whole process. And of course, to be in that cast with those guys was just a really good year and lots of good friends and, you know, to just, Witness it from the wings was enough, really. You know, to see. Well, but a pretty say, good role for you. It was because a fantastic role. How long are you on stage for? 
in as total. King, as King George, it's about eight and a half minutes. But I, I did, love it. But I did come on. I pop on at the end again with um with uh, with the ensemble. I join in just after sort of the the election of whatever that election. Oh, that's was, right. The, the end of the when when Hamilton sort of you know does the does the dirty on Burr and yeah I was I was there for all that in the stood at the top and that so yeah so I was I was only in well, it for about 15 20 and, minutes altogether and every time you came on the stage you stole the show <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally every, every single time what I want to know yeah. in, in enough compliments here what I want to know yeah. is what did you do with those two hours that you weren't on stage he used to FaceTime me the first, before I went on and did the first number, I sort of got ready and then I came off and immediately FaceTimed Kaz and usually who was putting our daughter Flora to bed. So I'd normally say goodnight to her. And then about 20 minutes later, I'd normally call you and to check in. And then I did, I, I wrote a film script, which is kind of still did not you? I, I'd Some nights I'd do my tax. Some nights I'd sit and eat chocolate. Some, I, I, did, I did quite a lot of Lego at one point. I was <laughs> I'd occasionally go on. I'd occasionally go on little walks because my my dressing room was on one side of the theatre to the rest of the the swings and the standby. So I'd sometimes go around and see those guys and hang out. I mean, it it all went by pretty pretty quick to be honest. And I normally would just check in with people and you know hang out with my friends on Facetime. Yeah. Really, yeah. You know, and my mom and my and my wife and kids. You know, it was it was. I love it, it. it was fine. I kept myself occupied. I mean, it was it was. A, I I think, but a year was enough for me you know that was that was a that was a decision that I, I think I would have I think I'd have gone mad yeah there was there was it was a lovely year and I felt like I did my bit and, and I get to hand it over to two of really good friends of mine um John Robbins took over after me he was a mate who I've worked with and, and then one of my best friends Gav Spokes is is now playing the well was playing the role until Covid hit but he's he's now playing it so it's it's been great to sort of revisit the because I've been back and seen them and supported them so it's been great to pop in and see them do their thing with it so yeah caroline i now i want to talk about nine to five hello um you kids you weren't in the original cast of nine to five when it was announced um louise regnap was going to play um the role and then you ended up she had a bit of an accident and you ended up taking on the role with how much notice uh two weeks two weeks how do you learn a show in two weeks caroline (laughs) Uh, I have no idea how I did it, really. I, I worked very hard and everybody was very helpful. Um, but basically, I just got a call one day saying there's a part going in a big West End show, um, a leading role for like two months. Do you think you can audition for it? And I said, oh, OK, what is it? And it was all like top secret. And then the next day it was announced that it was um, Louise had been injured and stuff. So, um, yeah, I went in and got the job on the Friday started a bit of music learning on the Saturday and then two weeks later I was in front of an audience doing it Yikes. fully costumed and wigged and <gasps> everything so I had my my scripts in either wing each wing had a script for me and um so every time I came on stage I knew where I was meant to be going next um but yeah it was it was full on I still kind of look back on it and go what was I thinking really but do you know what? There's the this business. You know, you never know what's around the corner, and um, it's just lovely for things like that to happen. And um, and I ended up playing a role that I loved. Um, they're very kind and asked me back when Louise finished, went because she came in eventually and did her her three month stint. And um, so then I ended up doing another eight months of it, I think. And 
it was just wonderful. I made some lovely friends, and it was a really lovely role. It was really to sort play. of un- it was really sort of unexpected, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I didn't know thing. the show at all. Usually with a musical, I'm like, oh yeah, I know it, but um, with this one, I was like, oh, I don't. And you got to meet Dolly Parton. I did. Oh my so god! So are you Facebook yeah. friends with Dolly now? Totally. She's coming round later. She's coming to talk- <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if Dolly showed up in Newbury? What would happen? <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. A really fun year for me. It was really exciting. And such a great big happy show. Oh yeah, totally. And um, and so funny. It's like, I I I love funny shows, and it was lovely to be in a show, and 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 funny for all ages. Like my um, uh, my stepfather in law came to see it. Your um, and you know he's a very sensible man and he was crying with he had tears coming down his face he was laughing oh, I love it the end back at one so that's it's great when those kind of surprises happen you know mm-hmm. when I saw it you would have thought Dolly herself had shown up with the little video screens the people in front of me were beside themselves with excitement and I just wanted to say guys you don't get too excited because Dolly's not actually here, but they really, they were like, they were there with Dolly in the screen. It was a really nice touch that I think it really sort of, it involved the audience in a really clever way. Cause I I think, I think, you know, the word on the street is that on Broadway, it was, it was a slightly different version of the show and it maybe didn't work as well, but I think they really sort of found what it was in the UK and it really lent itself kind of, you know, proper night out for, for the, for the for the girls and and for husbands and wives to just go out and have a good night at the yeah. theatre and and that kind of sense of especially with Brian Connolly being in it and being so good yeah. at what he does it oh, was yeah. just a really good night out so yeah it was great yeah so you're right, you're right. Yeah. I was lucky enough to see um, nine to five on Broadway and what was missing was Dolly it's yeah. the strangest thing but you just somehow wanted to see her I think and that, it was especially because she's written the music and she's well, in the and she's in the movie she's in the movie. And it's it, and and I think that was really clever of them to make her the kind of narrator, the in bookends, it, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think she actually because it's going on tour. I think she's she's recorded more videos for when it goes Brilliant. on, tour, like the different places and things to involve like that. each individual town. Yeah. yeah. Listen, guys, we know that you've got uh, an evening show. Hopefully, it will stop. To dry yeah, off. It's our half hour call in one minute. Call. <laughs> but, but, okay, so oh. one very quick question. One very quick question before yeah. you go. Um, if you could play another husband and wife or couple role Ooh. in a musical, what, what would it would be? It be? Mm. Sweeney Todd. And Sweeney Todd. Oh, I was going to suggest that. Yeah, that would be fun. You've got plenty of time for those roles, though. Yeah. There's no hurry, is there? They could be, they could be anyways. Michael, Caroline, thank you so much for taking thank time you out guys. of your really busy day to chat with us. It's very much appreciated. Love to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Because you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe to Sunday Show Tunes on your favorite listening platforms. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Sunday Show Tunes. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. And we're Sunday Show Tunes. Bye! Bye.